What's up, my dogs? Hey. How are my dogs? Where are my freaking dogs at? What the fuck is up? I got the eggnog. Check this out. Oh Castlevania Dutch eggnog, 15% oh. alcohol by volume. That's the real <laughs> German shit. That's, no, that's the real good. fucking you new to... world, old world come together to get you drunk. You need to be <laughs> nog maxing. <laughs> you need Truly. to be maxing out your eggnog. Oh, Which actually, have... I'm not nog maxing because I don't, I'm not adding rum or whiskey to this. That's so the I move. Am, I am I'm not, I don't have an optimal amount of egg <laughs> in my nog. So what's the Pennsylvania Dutch secret to eggnog? Like, what's special about this? I don't know. Theirs? This was just on sale at the liquor store, and it looked cool. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> I don't low know prices. anything about this brand. <laughs> you think the Pennsylvania Dutch have, like, these amazing secrets, and then you go to their little farm, and it's just like, we made meat paste out of millet flour <laughs> and scraps. <laughs> They're just like, we, yeah, the, the, we don't have any secrets. We just don't have social security numbers. It, it turns out all you have to do to like have extremely lower rates of cancer than the rest of the population is just not have a social security number and uh, live austerely. Those yeah, are holding I you mean, back. There, there was a interview I saw with some doctors who lived out near Amish country and they were like, do the Amish people come in and use modern hospitals? And they were like, yes. And they pay cash for everything. That's so mm, based. Interesting. That's so <laughs> fucking based. Cause they get the cash discount. They don't get like surprise bills and get mm -hmm. shisted by the fucking health insurance companies well, later and, on. And if one member of the community needs to be looked out for by the rest of the community, they just like have this enormous fund they all pay into all the time. Yeah. And like your medical bills are paid for. So it's like, you know, yeah, they're like weirdly socially kind of repressive and have a long history of like sex abuse scandals. But also they're doing some kind of like weird Anabaptist proto-socialism shit. They're sort of doing like some kind of distributism. You've it's got, very, you guys have yeah. heard of that like sort yeah. of proto-socialist, proto-syndicalist like mm -hmm. idea of distributism. It's like it's not a fully formed ideology, but it is nice, you know, yeah. on a small scale for them. It's kind of like a lot of those like pre-scientific social. I have my own issues with the phrase scientific socialism, but it's a handy mm -hmm. benchmark. So like pre-Marxist socialism, there were all of these crazy like St. Simonianism and, and like Georgism was happening in the United States kind of contemporary with Marx and uh, Charles Fourier. And there were a bunch of other ones. But there was also this weird wave of like European settler colonialists coming to the new world and being like we're going to start a like vegan socialist <laughs> utopia here uh, I, it was one of the cybernetics guys i think it was uh, ross ashby whose dad like traveled to belize in the late 1800s with a bunch of like british colonialists who were like we're going to do socialism and then it fell apart in like two years because it turns out you <laughs> wow. can't do socialism and be a settler colonist at the same time mm, interesting they should have taken no, the I black think... hammer ap approach just buy a mountain <laughs> and be like we're gonna live here this is gonna but work fine just the black hammer approach be a fbi slash cia asset yes mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, speaking of FBI That's CIA assets, did you guys hear that um, this guy that had been like sort of infl um, in infiltrating the like NFT crypto space was a CIA asset? No, no but a also literal, or af actually, I think he might have been FBI, but his name was Todd Fine. And he was like, okay. the fucked up thing is like he wasn't doing he wasn't doing psyops. He was like trying to like make friends. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and failing miserably, he was really cringy. But then somebody, uh, like his FBI email address, showed up on an unencrypted list of FBI email addresses <laughs> <laughs> with his pseudonym. It was incredible. That's, That's awesome. fucking awesome. It's also like striking to me that anybody, like an intelligence agency, would have to try to infiltrate the NFT space. I feel like that's something they just generated. That's kind of like. Ronald McDonald going undercover to figure out how the burger is made. You know what I mean? <laughs> this yeah, I was, was more say, like, like a the, grimace, the, though. This yeah. guy was a goof. Mm. <laughs> the surprising thing just seems that like there's not. It's not already like half FBI agents and CIA agents and assets and shit. Like how yeah. is there only one? Oh, there's probably more that uh, people don't know about. But they, um, they encrypt their emails. Of, speaking of a uh, adult beverage that the Amish are not making, but perhaps they should. Has anybody tried the Panera Death Lemonade? No. <laughs> I've only heard tell of it. I think I'm too old for such thing. It's just really high in caffeine, right? It's lemonade with caffeine. So I've had this lemonade. I've gone to Panera, 
And I, I, I'm not like somebody who goes to Panera and sets up with a laptop and just sits there for six hours because I'm not mm-hmm. a psychopath. Mm-hmm. You bring a, de- a, a tower PC like God intended. And <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but also like see, that's a strong a, move. Why would you want to do six hours of work in the real life loading screen that is a Panera bread? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Somebody pointed out that Panera bread is just um, like up, up, upgraded hospital food. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like classed up hospital food, but it's hospital food. Yeah, your colon's doing great, George. You're allowed to have bread again. So what if we <laughs> made it eighty percent of your diet? I know. <laughs> it's like it's it's so insane because like you can you get a sandwich which is stuffed between two slices of bread, mm-hmm. and then your options for what to have on the side of that are potato chips, mm-hmm. which is like okay, so sometimes I'm in the mood for potato chips, sometimes I'm not. That's just and, bread that grows apple, in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> apple, right? Like. Yeah, I like apples. I'll eat an apple. I love, I fucking love apples. That's but just the, a potato apples, that grows on a tree. <laughs> but the apples that Panera <laughs> yeah, the have, the apples that Panera have suck. Like yeah. Panera has these terrible apples. It's not like a nice apple from like an upstate New York orchard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third choice is just bread with your bread. I, I know this is a tired, this is a cliche, tired bit, whatever. But um, so the the I've had this, like I don't really like, go out of my way to get Panera, but sometimes when you're on a road trip somewhere, you're on your way somewhere, or you just need something like quick and you're not trying to like do a greasy fast food burger. For sure. You know, you get Panera. You, and you, make, the... you make shrimp and grits in a, an airplane bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. That guy should be in fucking Guantanamo Bay. True. Correct. Who did this? Someone had shrimp in the in a bathroom? Yeah, and he made it in the sink, too. Like, Have he you made seen this guy on TikTok? Chris, oh, he made it. Um, oh, he cooked he it. Cooks, he cooks a full meal in like a, a hotel sink, a hotel bathroom. Okay. He'll take like the hair curler and use that to like heat up French fries. And he'll take like... He'll have like a sous vide immersion thing that heats up water and he'll put that he'll cork the sink and then put his meat in the sink of a hotel bathroom and okay. put the sous vide and do sous vide steak in the sink of a hotel bathroom. Oh, it's okay. putrid. It's that guy is fucking like, abhorrent. That guy is patient zero for so many brand new <laughs> communicable diseases. <laughs> is it sealed up? Like it's it's uh he's doing sous vide and it's like all sealed and then no, he, no, he, no, like, no, he, frequent, he, like, he frequently breaks serve safe regulations. Yeah, he yeah, this sounds really the whole dangerous. Bag into the sink and then he like cooks it in there. And the one I saw he did on a plane and then served it to himself in a clean barf bag. And it's just, just like horrible. Oh come on. Eventually, dude, TSA is going to take you down and you're going to need to go see your grandma in Seattle before she dies and you're not going to be able to make it in time. Yeah, the air marshal is going to shoot you for crimes against humanity. Yeah, and he'd be right to do so. It's so rare that I would ever agree with an air marshal, but in this specific edge case, he would be right to do so. But anyway, so the Panera Death Lemonade, apparently a second person, this time a mentally disabled man, has died after drinking too much of the Panera Death Lemonade. Now, to put it in perspective, one, like, large thing of this Panera caffeinated lemonade, which it's not an issue that it's caffeinated. There's plenty of caffeinated drinks out there. The issue is that it's just not entirely clear to people because people go to Panera because they're like, oh, I'm, I, I think I'm eating healthier than fast mm-hmm. food. It's not entirely clear that there's an incredible amount of caffeine in this lemonade beverage that they sell. It's like, I think it's five or 10 times in one large Panera lemonade, the amount of caffeine that's in one coffee cup. So yeah. you, you like, you, you think you're getting a fast food beverage. It's like, okay, it's sugar. Yeah, it's bad for me, but it's like, it's not going to kill me. And then you're getting like five to 10 times. You're basically drinking an Adderall 20 milligram. It's insane. It's funny too, because it's like lemonade is not a beverage that traditionally has caffeine Mm -hmm. in it in the first place. Like if this was like a supercharged cola Mm -hmm. or something, I would totally understand. And it would like maybe still like they'd probably still be liable, but like it wouldn't be a news story. But like lemonade doesn't fucking normally contain anything but (laughs) lemon juice, sugar and water. It's a pretty fucking simple drink that's why four-year-olds sell it <laughs> outside of their fucking parents house and so it's extremely odd to me that of all the drinks panera bread was like you want a lemonade how about an original recipe for loco fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is it's just like a weird product to sell in the first place like are they just trying to get people to be addicted to lemonade and be like "Ooh, something about this lemonade makes me feel good i think i'll have another apparently the the 
the older guy drank three of the lemonades before he died. I remember the first time the the like, oh, Panera has caffeine in their lemonade posting sort of frenzy came out. It was like some woman who like goes to Panera for several hours every day to to work on her laptop, probably on a just a fake job that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I've been drinking this for six months before I realized it has caffeine in it. That's why I feel so good all the time and feel like shit when I don't go to Panera. And it's just like. <laughs> I, I, I think the issue here is not that Panera shouldn't be allowed to sell this lemonade. I think people should, like, I don't believe in the nanny state when it comes to imbibing, okay? No. It's a mm-hmm. fucking not beverage. It's, it's just, it's, I think that Panera... I should be able to buy a handgun make... full of heroin over the counter like it's 1941. <laughs> you absolutely should, unironically. <laughs> but I think Panera, like, willfully made it sort of muddled the water about like what was actually in this drink, which is like, that's scummy. It's scummy mm-hmm. that Panera, mm-hmm. cause, cause the, the vision behind Panera or the way that Panera is perceived is like, it's slightly healthier fast food. It's like you get essentially a Turkey sandwich on nice bread. And it's like, that's way better for you than eating a fast food burger. Jury's still out on whether that's actually the case, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Processed but, meat does give you cancer, even if it's t- sliced Turkey. Panera's sort of like image is that of like a healthier fast food chain. So there's thousands, probably tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people drinking this lemonade, not realizing that it is giving like, like severely fucking with their sleep patterns, fucking with their wakefulness, like, and caffeine is something that you can get hooked on. I don't personally Mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with caffeine as long as you control your caffeine intake, which is the exact way I feel about basically all mind altering substances. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think they just need to fucking label it better. There's nothing wrong with caffeine as long as you don't give me any after 2 p.m. Am I right, guys? He's like, oh, he's a regular fucking gremlin over here. You tried to give him a spicy chicken sandwich after midnight. Hey, Panera's not even open that late. You're trying to spend $12 for nothing. John, I really want you to do stand-up as this, like, Italian John alternate universe character. Hey, I'm an Italian guy from Chicago, and I hate everything. My toes are always fucking cold, and I eat a Panera every day. <laughs> I, I love my the mom a lot. <laughs> yeah, the doctor told me not to eat the Chicago hot dog anymore, so I go to Panera. Turns out it's worse for you. Hey, hey, my doctor said don't get so hyped up on caffeine all the time, so I started putting moonshine in the lemonade. <laughs> now I'm going both ways. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the 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 correct take is not that Panera should be penalized for selling this caffeinated lemonade it's that panera should also sell a lemonade that calms you down there should be a sativa yes. a heroin and mm-hmm. an, and an indica lemonade right yeah, and then you can just make a one. hybrid and you can make a hybrid at the at the fountain at your own risk exactly yeah. <laughs> they, used call, they used to call going up <laughs> to the soda thing and getting a little bit of each drink a suicide yeah, which yeah, is going to have right. a really different connotation when it's turbocharged <laughs> lemonade <laughs> and and chamomile tea with promethazine yeah, <laughs> lean lemonade they just lean into it. All they sell is like 10 different lemonades with different drugs in them. Yeah. Come on into it's just Pantera bread now because the lemonade has real <laughs> meth in it. <laughs> I mean, let's go, let's go down that road. I mean, I haven't seen the corpse of the guy who died drinking the Panera lemonade. It could all be just a marketing campaign. It could be a native ad because if you look at like early advertising, early on advertisers and marketers, you know, the birth of Madison Avenue, they figured out that death drive is an incredibly powerful advertising tool. Sure. Yeah. And I guarantee you that this media circus about the Panera death lemonaded lemonade has gotten more people into Panera to try it. It probably gets TikTok teens doing like the lemonade challenge, (laughs) drink it and see if you die. Why is every TikTok challenge just killing yourself? <laughs> it's also like it, the the TikTok lemonade hype cycle follows a very similar pattern to like the the uh, woman who supposedly died at that festival right at the start of the Israel Hamas war. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, do you would you believe this? Would you believe this? Although I don't know, I actually do believe that the lemonade probably killed people. My my conspiracy theory goes the other way. How many? unnamed deaths hmm? how many deaths are being misattributed to other things when in reality they were at panera <laughs> slugging that lemonade all day <laughs> how many deaths have been misattributed look people are not talking about this how many deaths have been misattributed to the covid vaccine that were really caused by the panera lemonade <laughs> nobody's <laughs> talking about this and on every suspicious death you just comment lemonade <laughs> lemonade <laughs> 
drinking Panera? Panera when were they lemonade? at Panera? Yeah. I want to see geotags. <laughs> and, and their families like they were strictly Starbucks. They were they Starbucks advertises the caffeine, and you're just like, I'm sorry, but I hacked their phone. The Starbucks, <laughs> the Starbucks refresher teas are caffeinated as hell too. Oh yeah. yeah, those things are fucking nuts, man. And they they come from a concentrate, so if you don't dilute them properly, they're like more mm-hmm. than double what the initial advertised caffeine is. I know because I used to drink that shit straight out of the box. Hell yeah, damn. Um, <laughs> they don't have caffeine at anymore. At least they're honest about it. This is we're calling you in. Yeah, well, bread. Don't <laughs> be like, be more like Starbucks. Don't call Starbucks <laughs> honest in front of the labor relations board. But <laughs> <laughs> They're honest about talk- one thing. It's about the the flavor of their drinks and the caffeine content of the drink. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce, everybody. Your number one caffeinated boop, boop, drinks boop, boop, review boop. show. And speaking of somebody who may have been killed by the Panera Bread Starbucks, <laughs> uh, El Chapo's mom died. So, you know, rip to a real one. Oh, you, you shouts see a, out. You see a lot of women who get later in life and they have the world's best mom apron or mug or whatever. It's World's best dad is more common, but world's best mom you still see. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're not El Chapo's mom, you didn't earn that. You are stealing El Chapo's mom valor. No, I mean, like, uh, everybody loves their mom. Like, moms are great. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like the only, like, if you're, you, there's few moms that have more power than the mom of a famous drug lord or warlord or crime lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what, Genghis Khan's mom, Mm -hmm. Hitler's mom. These are women with a lot of power. Olivia Soprano. You're not not getting any ice cream and you're not getting to play any video games. Take me now until you kill all of your snitches and most of your enemies. I'm willing to let like three or four external enemies slide, but everyone in the organization working against you dead. And then you can have a Klondike bar. That's right. (laughs) But yeah, there's the notes in this AP article seem to be kind of like trying to, to throw shade at AMLO because they keep saying, uh, the that the official who who gave the press release was not authorized to speak on the record, but President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador acknowledged her death and offered his quote unquote respect to the family. Um, often criticized for Shouts his frequent out to trips. His family. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to his family. <laughs> often criticized for his frequent trips, about five so far, to the drug lord's home township of Badir Guato, Sinaloa. Lopez Obrador added in his daily briefing that any human being who dies deserves respect and consideration for their family. I love that they're trying to attack him for possibly having some kind of like formal, not so formal relationship with the cartels as if they're not one of the biggest businesses in Mexico. And as if we didn't specifically put them there and give them all the resources they need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with an existing cartel? You can't just like not acknowledge them or not. Yeah, the, the only difference between the Mexican cartels and like the banking industry, the defense industry, the surveillance industry is that wasps have no swag is that the mexicans (laughs) the mexicans actually call themselves cartels they're all cartels the mexicans are just honest about it yeah and watch literally any season of fargo for a quick explainer on this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah at least they handle their violence and shit in-house the the banks just outsource it to the cops well fbi or whatever as long as we're talking about fucking outsourcing, let's talk about another notable person, another person of interest. So the big story this week is that Alexei Navalny is missing from prison in Russia. Navalny being famous for being the quote unquote opposition leader in Russia and is heavily backed and and receives a lot of support from the U.S. government, the CIA, mm-hmm. undoubtedly, the DOD quite openly. Um, you know, many liberal and conservative politicians are always talking about this guy. Oh, he's the reasonable alternative to Putin. And it's kind of funny to have a Juan Guaido when your government is as like horribly reactionary and right wing as Russia. Mm-hmm. But it's just like if they don't want to play ball with you, you still have to try the Juan Guaido thing. So <laughs> we've had Navalny over there for like decades now. <laughs> Where were you when Russian freedom was kill? Navalny is gone. <laughs> 
So, yeah, he was sentenced to 19 years in prison in August where he was found guilty of creating an extremist community. Um, and then he was resettled in like a work camp style thing about 150 miles outside of Moscow. And typically when Russia relocates prisoners to a new place that you just can't get in touch with them for like three weeks. This is something that I've seen multiple experts say in the reports. And then even after the experts will say that the anchors like, so he's probably dead. And they're all like, yes, they progosioned him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder what kind of work camp, like, is it old school enough that he's like wearing leg chains and just like breaking up rocks with a pickaxe or something? Uh, yeah, I really don't even know. Um, they kept talking about it like it's it's like a cross between like a prison or like some kind of like relocation, resettlement camp. No, they Is have he... him working at a Panera Moscow serving yeah. death lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he might even just be in a regular ass jail or whatever. But I yeah. feel like if your country's not friendly with the United States and your jails are not carbon copies of our jails will take the conditions that exist in our jails and our prison system and we'll look at them in other countries and we'll be like actually he's in a slave labor camp or actually <laughs> he's in whatever you know bro if yeah. you viewed the conditions in a carbon copy of a u.s prison in any other country u.s activists would call it a fucking concentration camp oh yeah because yeah, that's what it is i mean just ask south korean prisoners just ask japanese prisoners just ask prisoners in costa rica just that's ask, what i'm saying yeah you know yeah, yeah exactly so <laughs> and, but it's funny because like growing up you get told like you know you might think the United States is bad, but you don't want to end up in a Mexican prison. I specifically remember one of my uncles telling me that in Mexico, the prisons are just caves in the sides of mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and whether or not they bring you dinner is like up in the air every day. It's in just Mexican like, prison, at least, they be, at least they be spicing their food. Yeah, well, it's also funny because, like, not only is it obviously racist and incorrect, but also, like, just totally misunderstands what stage of national development Mexico is at right now. Like, Mexico is, <laughs> even when this was happening in, like, the wake of the Iraq War, Mexico was not some fucking backwater. Mexico was <laughs> yeah. one of the fastest growing economies in the world. I, mean, really, I really do, do want to go to Mexico on vacation. I think that would rock. It's fun, supposed yeah. to be and not one just of like the to one of the countries. boomer places like Cancun. I'm trying no. to go to, like, you know, I'm trying to go to cool mexico yeah trying to go to chiapas or oaxaca one of the That's real places yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah none of that uh none of that porta vallerta nonsense <laughs> for me what do i look like some gringo in a hawaiian shirt excuse me sir do you know where i can get a gordita <laughs> <laughs> i heard y'all have the best chalupas down here <laughs> Now it's I very nice to it. meet you, Mayamo Billy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> would, would I like to try some beer? Yeah, I would like a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought the word was cerveza. <laughs> but I'll this, have whatever you gentlemen are offering. <laughs> I love this redneck character that's sincerely trying to like speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Everyone like actually loves him because he's putting in an effort. Well, I, I actually I was like, uh, I was at an airport recently and I sat next to a Chilean man. And I, he spoke to me in broken English. He was asking me about his flight and I spoke to him in my like broken high school Spanish. And it, he like lit up that somebody was actually making an effort to speak to him. Um, his Spanish was obviously Chilean. And I think that has more uh, roots in like Spain Spanish, mm -hmm. but it was like, it was kind of fucking cool because mm -hmm. I would every, every time I would like, you know, not know how to say a word. I'd just be like, como se dice? And he'd say it. And then I taught him words like that he didn't know in english it, it fucking ruled that's yeah awesome. I, I just gotta, I gotta practice my spanish more i mean honestly like that's one of the greatest things when i was learning spanish in high school my spanish teacher who was a very peggy hill ass lady but um, did, yeah. did mostly a good job anyway told us she's like you're lucky you're not learning french because when you try to speak <laughs> french to french speakers they're really rude about they just it. spit on you <laughs> they just shut you down especially if they're from france yeah. they really shut you yeah. down but spanish speakers are like super welcoming to the yeah. point where at my job if i go somewhere and some guy who is obviously a spanish speaker speaks broken english to me i actually help him in like rudimentary English because mm -hmm. if I start speaking Spanish he starts trying to teach me Spanish <laughs> on the spot and I just I would like to but I don't have time <laughs> oh, yeah. French speakers do get real if, you, if it's not perfect they're just like 
Why not just speak to me in English? I can speak English better than you speak French, you fool. I have, I have seen your TV shows, your succession. I hate all the characters. It's riveting. <laughs> I have seen your friends. I can speak like Ross or Joey or even Phoebe. I know the Sopranos. I know the jokes about the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of somebody who can barely speak English. I John love Fetterman. Dr. Melfi. <laughs> John Fetterman. Um, you know, former, like, you know, he was fun because he wore shorts and set the Congress or whatever. He was never fun. He's come out as a massive Zionist in the past month or two. Oh, big surprise. The and big racist he also deleted, <laughs> according to this Daily Beast article, I did not see this post before it was deleted, but I think some of you did. John Fetterman apparently deleted a Drake meme about rape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it's also kind of funny because people keep pointing out, they're like, you used a Drake meme to support the Israeli government, despite the fact that Drake has called for a ceasefire. And I was like, (laughs) whoa, 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 I understand centering Gaza right now, but that is not the objectionable thing about involving Drake in the meme. (laughs) Dude is is a statutory all over the place. But um, so the, the thing is, is that Fetterman posted a meme. Uh, and I had to find a copy of it in Google image search, but it was like protesting. Yeah, was it? It, it was the Drake meme where it was like, he, he's no not. No and yes, basically. He, no and mm-hmm. yes. And the yeah, no yeah. was protesting Israeli women and children getting raped and murdered. And then the yes was protesting hummus. Mm. And then everybody was like, hey, this is like maybe the worst thing you've ever posted. And it's, <laughs> it's a high bar, my guy. So he re- he tweeted. He said, we have decided, rather, we decided to withdraw, then reissue that tweet. The same message will remain, but they we removed the ubiquitous it? meme because it created confusion and deserves clarification. And then he responded to himself, we should protest the rape of Isla- Israeli women and girls. We should not protest Israeli hummus in a grocery store. And then what's notable about these two tweets that serve as the correction is that he has tweeted zero times since this and it has been five days <laughs> hell yeah okay we love we love a posting king so his takeaway was just the drake meme format made this look tone deaf so we should just say it again yeah. without the meme and it's like the most like it's the most basic meme format possible at this point it's just one thing thumbs up one thing thumbs down it does not matter if that is a meme we have consulted with our uh massad handlers and uh, determined that uh instead of shit posting we should be earnest posting (laughs) well this also comes on the heels of um his uh uh communications director posting that um anthony bourdain quote uh, quote on Kissinger right after Kissinger died. And That's everybody was based. Like, Aren't you the communications director for John Fetterman, who's like cheering <laughs> on an ongoing uh, uh, genocide in Gaza right now? And then people were like, his communications department is real fucked up. And then he posted this absolute fucking flop and then just like logged <laughs> off for five days. So it was like, <laughs> is his staff getting fucking liquidated right now or what's the deal <laughs> yeah it seems like an easy job you make a drake meme and then when it bombs you just delete it repost the same message and like leave for a week it sounds really easy <laughs> well, it's he should have posted like- it as the two like the brainlet the midwit and the um, brain cell yeah, like that's the, true. He the, needs the a third brainlet element. and the the brain cell agree, and then the midwit is like, no, we should be posting about Israeli hummus. Well, it's also <laughs> funny because, like, I think the Drake thing, as we already n- noted, introduces two points of cognitive dissonance that the internet's going to be very happy to jump on, right? Like mm-hmm. the ceasefire thing, which to me is flimsy, but also the thing like Drake is obviously like it's not safe to leave him around underage girls. And so that, that whole, uh, I'm not making any accusations. I'm just noticing something that seems to have been true ever since he shaved a little heart into his head. Yeah. Um, probably well before, but, uh, those points of dissonance are actually just the easy thing to grab onto. I think the real underlying thing is that people think he's wrong. People think that like, they don't want to buy this Israeli propaganda that actually all of the harm is being done to Israelis. And if you protest against hummus or you support a boycott or you do BDS or whatever, that actually you're a terrible anti-Semite. And I think that just the fact that it was a, a terrible tone deaf Drake meme was just the perfect flashpoint for people to be like, you know what, actually, 
we're done with this guy. Get his get his big boy ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of BDS, I'm even in solidarity in solidarity with Palestine. I'm even boycotting BDSM. That's wow. right. That's right. Which <laughs> is how that you, works yeah. and is also relevant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have a good transition for this, actually. But apparently we gave Israel some white phosphorus a little while ago, and then uh, they used it. And then there was a Washington Post article that came out this week that was like, hey, we don't even really want to be doing this, but we're pretty sure that Israel used that white phosphorus that we gave them on civilians. <laughs> And now the Biden administration, particularly National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby, are telling cool. reporters that the administration is, quote unquote, concerned about Israel's reported use of white phosphorus. My brother it's in Christ, one word you literally it. gave it to them a yeah. couple of weeks ago during <laughs> the conflict. And it was I watched the press release and Kirby's just like, as in all situations where we give another military any kind of equipment, we expect that it will be used in good faith to blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man, I don't fucking know. We all know that that's not what's happening. Like, it's kind of like the bully who just punches you in the face and he's like, stop hitting yourself. It's that level of like lie where it's so mm -hmm. fucking transparent. Yeah. On the topic of Israel, um, did you guys watch uh, Alex Jones on Tucker Carlson? No, recently? <laughs> no. Okay, so so apparently Alex Jones went on. So Tucker Carlson, in case you don't know, has his show is now Tucker Carlson on X instead of on Fox News. Okay. I blame canceling Space Ghost Coast to Coast <laughs> for the proliferation of all of these jackasses behind desks. So <laughs> so Alex Jones also recently unbanned from Twitter because Elon Musk does his thing and is like, if enough people vote on a Twitter poll, I'll unban him, which I actually think awesome. is, is fine and good. And I don't I, really I, have a problem with Alex Jones being on, on Twitter. But with uh, Tucker Carlson... I felt it was important to like watch this interview because it's obviously very, very hyped, but also watching like these two guys who are painted as quote unquote dissidents. Um, and like you, if you watch them, you can sort of get an idea for what the like controlled narrative is. So I got about like 30 or 40 minutes into this. And a lot That's of a it is basically way. just like, so you were canceled, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was canceled. It was terrible. It's a lot of that. And then they get into Israel, Palestine, okay. and I, you don't need to go watch this interview. It's not worth it. I turned it off after about 30, 40 minutes because I immediately grasped the entire point of this interview. Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones both got the call. OK, they got the call that being a quote unquote dissident right, quote unquote media figure, you have to like begrudgingly support Israel. They're it's okay now because Ukraine is over. It's mm -hmm. okay. You can, you can talk shit on Zelensky. You can talk shit on Ukraine. Like we've been doing on this podcast, but like now the like quote unquote dissident, right? These Tucker Carlson, Alex Jones type guys and the people in their sphere, the people in their corner, they're, they're like now all in on like, fuck Ukraine. It's all corrupt. It's like shit we've been talking about for literally years. Oh yeah. They're doing tailism. Yeah, like Tucker Carlson, he has like an investment in being part of the like social elite. Like he cares about his status and his position. So he's operating on that like extremely bourgeois tip. But like Alex Jones is an interesting case because he's just a dude who like flagrantly chases checks. Like he is just mm -hmm. about the money. He's literally yeah. on his grind. He's selling supplements all the time. Like I've been and it's sad because he wasn't always like that. Well, he kind of was. I was suspicious of him all the way back when he was in Waking Life because I was watching this trippy ass movie and I was like, some of these wooks are making great points. <laughs> and then Alex Jones shows up for a minute and goes away. And I'm like, who the fuck was that guy? What was the point of that nonsense? But I, I have a I have a theory about why Alex Jones was allowed back on Twitter. And it's not really because. Elon Musk wants his racist ass back on there for any ideological reasons. It's because Alex Jones runs an advertising empire and sure. Elon wants Alex Jones's advertising juice on his website selling mm. useless fucking placebo pills and nootropics and shit. Ooh, speaking of uh, advertising on Twitter, have you guys noticed that ads on Twitter have gotten crazy since a bunch of the big advertisers pulled out because oh, they're like, so bad. Elon being controversial? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. 
There's like funny. there was an ad going around Twitter for like a device that allows you to take a condom out of the trash and then turkey base the sperm <laughs> up into your uterus. That's fucking. <laughs> they're like literally advertising the sperm jacker nine thousand. <laughs> it's Jesus crazy. Christ. There's a lot of like horny or clickbaity mobile ads and like the same ad for that like necklace with a picture in it. A lot yeah. of stuff for like clearly drop chipped bullshit that's mm. not real. Temu, I feel like I see a lot. Well, Temu, to Twitter's yeah. credit, um, now there, if there's like a drop shipping scam underneath the community note, will literally say this is a drop sk- shipping scam. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's half the reason people don't want to advertise anymore. Is if you put a lie, then someone can just add a community note to it. It's the only good feature anyone's added to Twitter in like ten years. I, I, I actually, you, I, I do have to give them credit for that. Like, it's kind of funny, but it's also hilarious. like it's, you know, if all advertisements had that, it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the EU is actually kind of winding up to do some kind of like big truth in advertisement um, legislation because they've been talking about like data security for a long time. And that's that's something that's been trickling over into the rest of the world, just because when the EU make that's a big enough market that when they're like, hey, actually, you know, you have to use this kind of encryption or, hey, Mm -hmm. Apple, you must use USB-C chargers and be in line with the the universal standards, then it makes a big enough difference that they have to do that stuff. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when they do finally turn their eye towards advertising. Not that the EU is any great, like, socialist institution or anything. They just practice marginally better consumer practices in Europe than mm-hmm. we have in the United States. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even go that far. Like, you're totally right that the EU is not a model of how we should handle advertising or content online. Mm-hmm. Because whenever an, a bill is announced or, like, you know, a, a resolution or any of this EU shit that they're trying to pass, it's always like, we're going to protect consumers by, like, doing this to advertising. And then hidden in the bill is egregious violations Mm -hmm. through like censorship of freedom of speech and it's always geared at we need more tools to protect the narrative about israel well and it's also we need more tools to censor protesters who are in favor of palestine and gaza we need to promote the narrative that hamas is the bad guys in Israel and the IDF are the good guys. And and the governments of Europe and the United States also want to be cut in on all of the uh, user data tracking and advertising money that Absolutely. that fucking generates as yeah. well. I mean, like, that's the big frontier right now, I think, besides, like, stock trading and real estate, which are the other two things that the American ruling class, particularly Congress people and senators, are really For all sure. about. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I think the next thing is them all figuring out how to get in on advertising. And I think once advertising happens... And you have like non-socialist state intervention into those kinds of markets that wraps up into like regular degular fascism pretty quick where you basically Mm. just have like big advertising corporations and their clients running the state so that they can sell more Sprite in Uruguay or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting close to that level of uh, synergy. It's like you can still see the separate pieces and they're more like clicking two Legos together. But before you know it, they're going to fuse. Mm-hmm. Speaking well, of regimes uh, getting in lockstep, you hear Javier Malay, despite being like, "I'm going to chainsaw the red tape and I'm going to, um, I'm going to buck the WEF World Economic Forum agenda. We're not going to eat the bugs." Um, he signed on to the Paris Climate Accords. Oh, yeah, okay. well, he's he's a normal liberal just because yeah. he's like, oh, I I have a dog that whispers secrets through time and space into my ear. Doesn't mean that he's not just like a regular liberal. He was an economist who worked in the fucking Austrian school. Yeah, like he's, just his, like uh, his just like Maloney, just like Maloney in Italy. He's just a liberal with insane aesthetics. Well, as yeah. long as we're talking in a bad about... way, in a bad way, there's good, there's insane aesthetics yeah. in a good way, but I mean, like he's just, <laughs> like extremely cringe mentally addled as long as we're talking about the eu and liberal leaders with insane aesthetics in a bad way let's talk about geert wilders or or heert wilders i think is how wilders i'm not sure how you say his name in dutch but um this is the president or the prime minister elect of the netherlands uh he was just elected in their big controversial election that they just had and i want us all to watch this twitter clip of him talking a little bit um islam my friends is indeed evil look at its so-called prophet muhammad he slaughtered jewish tribes he raped a young girl he gave sex slaves as a gift to his henchmen 
and he is still today an example for more than one billion Muslims worldwide. No wonder that some of his followers take to terrorism. Islam preaches hatred, propagates violence, and is barbaric and violent by nature. It barbaric wants all Muslims Jesus. to submit. It is incompatible with freedom as we know it. And nothing, nothing will ever change that. That's why we should de-Islamize our societies in order to stay free nations. No appeasement, no concessions, but vigilance, perseverance, and strength against barbarism is the one thing we should do. And I hope with your support. He Jesus. got the call. He got you, the call. You, also, you, you hear all you hear how all these like quote unquote dissident right wingers are all lockstep with Israel. Well, I wouldn't call Geert Wilders a dissident right winger. I would call him your most normal, regular European right winger in the history. <laughs> well, of they're Europe. they're they're positioning him as a dissident because they're yeah. like, oh, we finally got one in after you know years of liberal rule, and it's like, no, yeah, you're just it's a monoparty, famous communist Islamist state, the <laughs> Netherlands, pay, <laughs> paying my tithe to the Politburo at the Al Frikandel Mosque in the center of the Hague. Like, it's so funny, like. How how are you going to de-Islamize the Netherlands any more than you already have? Like it makes <laughs> no fucking sense. And then also like, I hate to, I hate to bring up Orwell, but that's like the easiest touchstone for this. When you say like, we're going to de-Islamize our society to make it freer. Like, I'm sorry, but a free society is open to Islam. <laughs> it has worked the so other... many times in the history of the world. The thing that's becoming more and more obvious to me is like, the Netherlands and I think a couple other countries in Europe are currently like hyper accelerating towards this like techno feudal world mm -hmm. economic forum, like, uh, you know, like live in a uh, in a pod apartment and work a tech job for meager wages and and eat unhealthy like processed foods type life like like literal world economic forum. You will own nothing and, and you will be happy. And then Geert Wilders comes in and he's like, no, the problem isn't the rich and powerful people. It's Islam. That's where that's why what you should be angry about. And it's just like, oh, no, no. OK, I, I see what's going on. You are redirecting anger at what's actually happening towards a perceived boogeyman. <laughs> if you let the Islams into this country, you will not be able to ride your bike with a waffle." Safely anymore. <laughs> you will not be able to send a tiki to your friend when you make him coffee in your house for two dollars. <laughs> you will have to carry hummus and falafel in your bike basket. It is an affront to freedom. Falafel too spicy for my tummy. Islam is the main thing standing in the way of our access to our greatest Dutch pastimes, reclaiming. Land from the ocean and splitting the bill. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my vinky's made of gold. <laughs> I'm racist. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't expect a Dutch guy to be racist like this, but uh, yeah, I actually am. No one expects it. They think we're very woke. <laughs> you weren't expecting Dutch <laughs> racism, but it's me, Geert Wilders. <laughs> <laughs> he really does look like Wilders is a little too apt of a last name for that guy because he really does look like he runs the racism factory. <laughs> I should have elected Geert Calmers. <laughs> Damn, the man lived in Israel for two years and he's visited 40 times in the last 25 years. He loves going to Israel. He yeah, is cashing what is up with these like checks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he got the call. Yeah. He got the call. They always get the call. Javier Malay, Trump, Geert Wilders, uh, Maloney, fucking Joe Biden. They always get the call. I love getting the call every time they're like, hey, could we interest you in your position on Israel? And I'm just like, uh, we don't want any. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. We're all good. Or you pretend to be a scammer back. You're like, um, can I get your position on the Venezuela-Guiana conflict? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be so fun. That's like, I like, cause we, we went to, after the Saudis, like, uh, 
curved us, we went to Venezuela and we're like, mm-hmm. can we have some oil, please? Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that the U.S. State Department views Guyana as as sovereign and not Venezuela's. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, I don't even think that the libs have like a a cognitively like a a take that cognitively makes sense on that because they just don't they 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 haven't gotten their marching orders yet. Yeah, they well, just don't know, think about the, it. Yeah, the the idea I think is that Guyana is just a magical country that just popped up out of nowhere, and that like it should be defended against Venezuela at all costs. Mm-hmm. But um, the truth is, is that Guyana is just Exxon in a trench coat. <laughs> like, <laughs> Exxon Mobil is an enormous part of their economy, and the part that isn't Exxon is mostly mining companies. So it's just like where it's not the U.S., I'm pretty sure it's Canada running Guyana, which is just the U.S.'s junior partner. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, the the actual legal international claim to the Essequibo region is rather murky because this is a over 100-year-old, or I think close to 100-year-old uh, conflict. It might be slightly over a century old. Um, But, yeah, I don't think there is a coherent liberal position or a coherent conservative position. I think the idea is just, like, we went to go buy oil from Venezuela. Venezuela wasn't as willing to bend over and just give it to us as we wanted. And so now we're just like, hey, actually, your territorial dispute with Guyana is the most important thing in the world because we want Exxon to be able to pull all of that oil out and send it to us directly for pennies instead of dollars. That'll be the next uh, current thing. I mean, the current mm-hmm. current oh, yeah. thing is Israel-Palestine, but th- that'll be the next current thing. Well, talks Something... are underway between Venezuela and Guyana right now. I think they're meeting on one of the Caribbean islands just north of both of their countries um, to have the peace t- or the the discussion over the territorial dispute but given the nature of it it's even liberal experts are saying like it's wildly unlikely that any agreement will be reached yeah yeah we'll keep an eye on that one for you folks stick a pin in it stick a pin in it well and let's hit a couple more international stories and stick a pin in them real quick as well so this is a quick one but spain did expel two u.s embassy officers u.s embassy staff apparently for bribing intelligence agencies so they were giving them Fortnite v bucks for in exchange (laughs) for access for nudes 14 (laughs) dollar Fortnite gift card who wants it i can't tell if you guys are kidding or not (laughs) spanish intelligence just fucking clamoring for it so i assume uh, you're lying but it's totally possible that that's what they're that's their bribery strategy So, yeah, El País newspaper reported on this Thursday, citing government sources. Uh, Neither country has immediately confirmed, but when asked about the case, Spain's defense minister, Margarita Robles, uh, Robles? I don't know how to say that. Roblox. Roblox. Margarita Roblox played down any impact on relations. (laughs) She acknowledged that a judicial inquiry was underway into, quote unquote, irregular conduct at the CNI intelligence agency. So... I believe CNI is the domestic intelligence agency for Spain. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's the foreign one. National Intelligence Center acting as both foreign and domestic. Okay, never mind. They got all of it. Wow. Yeah, they they were just like, we're not big enough to have two. England thinks they're fancy, but we don't fuck with that. We were an agrarian country till 100 years ago. (laughs) Um, And she also told reporters, Spain and the United States are friends, allies, and partners. When there are issues that may affect us, they are discussed and dealt with. But in no way does that influence the relations we have. So I'm starting to think it might be influencing the relations. (laughs) Yeah, she's really apologized. She's like, don't worry. We are mad at these guys, but we're still cool with the U.S. (laughs) Keep on hanging out. Yeah. And then the other international story I wanted to hit really quick is that there's been a lot more movement on purging members of the Abe faction in Japan's government. So apparently this is great. uh, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has responded to the slush fund scandal that's been going around. And members in the ruling Liberal Democratic Party are blasting him, saying that he's making criminals out of innocent people. But I know somebody else who got blasted, and he sure wasn't (laughs) fucking innocent. (laughs) Got his ass. (laughs) 
So a senior member of the faction said, quote, I feel sorry for the lawmakers who were elected for the first time and are serving as parliamentary secretaries. They have little to do with the slush fund scandal. I wonder if it is necessary to expel them. And when liberals say stuff like this, it makes me think you are not expelling enough of them. Expel more. Expel yeah. <laughs> everyone who's ever had lunch with these guys. Full purge of the Japanese government. Really, yeah, I mean, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> he says little to do with it. He doesn't say zero. So it's like they were only tangentially involved. They just like took notes at the meeting for everyone mm-hmm. during the slush fund scandal. Why are they getting punished? And it's also important to note that the the best written information in English that I could find is coming from the Asahi Shimbun, which is a notoriously like pro-ruling party newspaper. So they're trying to give a bunch of quotes from these senior officials who are like, this that's a hell of a bad move, or who are saying like, you know, those who've served as secretary general of the faction bear responsibility, but not those who did nothing wrong. And it's like, I don't know, man, the more you talk, the more it kind of sounds like you're really insistent on <laughs> establishing that there are people who did nothing wrong. And that makes me think that there's really not that many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we all talked- trying to figure out who did this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the episode. I think it was like a few months ago or something where we talked about uh, Shinzo Abe and this assassination. And it's like, I just have to reiterate that this is one of the most successful political assassinations of all time. Like that guy is sitting behind bars watching Shinzo Abe's dead. And then like the last vestiges of his power in government and anyone associated with him are also being purged. It's like he was really cooking when he made that shotgun. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of a guy who's really cooking, it's time to check in on Donald Trump. Uh, the big oh, news is that yeah. he Donald Trump. Post- Donald <laughs> The Cheeto. He's um, a damn Cheeto, and no one's talking about it. He's freaking you, orange. He's, <laughs> he's big and wet, and we all love him. Or we mm-hmm. all hate him? I forget exactly. Nah, he's just a Kool-Aid man figure point. in that respect. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yeah. but You uh, hate that you love him. Yeah, yeah, and you love that you hate him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently he had announced that he would be testifying in his own defense in the fraud trial that he's uh, on trial for in New York right now. But then he turned around at the 11th hour and said, actually, I've said all that I have to say in my defense. So neither I nor any member of my family, because I think Don Jr. or or one of the other boys was scheduled to testify. Um, they're all not testifying now. Which is kind of interesting. I hate checking in on this stuff because like, it feels like the height of liberal theater. But I also love checking in on this stuff because it feels like the height of liberal theater. You know? Donald Trump's yeah, last words on the stand were reportedly in a resounding falsetto. It's too late to apologize. <laughs> you got to do the resounding falsetto. You got you to be like, too late to apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. It's too late. It's too late, Sleepy Joe. You can't apologize. <laughs> he was also quoted as singing the entire lyrics to Radioactive on the stand to <laughs> resounding applause. No one would stop him. They were just letting him cook. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't know. Do you even know what the fucking fraud trial in New York is about? Like, I can't I'm keep track sure of all the different I'm pretty sure he like suits. said Mar-a-Lago's worth more than it is, but also mm, like okay. the the prosecution is saying it's worth less than it's worth they're like trying to say it's worth like 20 million he's trying to say it's worth a billion it's probably worth like in between somewhere in there 21 million yeah <laughs> no right i mean it's a, it's a it's a really <laughs> it like it's a nice piece of real estate it's it's worth a lot of fucking oh, money i'd like to get mm. on that real estate so it's you what, it, boys. <laughs> i don't even I, know i'd what, like to see that real estate the problem is i don't you even know, know I mean? if <laughs> i don't even know if the mar-a-lago real estate case is like this one like you know there's like so much fucking going on and mm-hmm. it's it's a show trial for the libs the libs are like eating it up and mm-hmm. like, if you're, if you're in any way, like intelligent, intelligent about politics or anything, you just don't care. Mm-hmm. It seems like a similar, like Donald Trump, to be fair, was like often faced these kind of lawsuits because he operates all of his businesses in a extremely criminal and loose manner. So mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of par for the course. And then it's a lot yeah. more politically, it's, it's more politically theater because he's a politician now and not just a rich guy. Yeah, it's I mean, not going to hurt his poll numbers. I mean, no, like, not uh, at all. Getting one over on the government is, if anything, is going to increase his polling. But he's also is the government, so it's like it's a fun situation. But also, you know, if if being involved in spurious lawsuits was ever going to damage his credibility, it already would have. Because reading from his Wikipedia. Not his Wikipedia, I'm sorry. Reading from the Wikipedia page, personal and business legal affairs of Donald Trump. 
<laughs> it opens with this banger. From the 1970s until he was elected president in 2016, Donald Trump and his businesses were involved in over 4,000 legal cases in U.S. federal <laughs> wow. and state Wow, I didn't know it was that many. God. Yeah, so like he's got like four or five going concurrently right now. He considers that like a warm up for before breakfast, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like not a lot compared to like if anything, he's on vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should be lawsuit maxing. You should be getting sued at <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You should constantly be settling trials. You should be doing fraud. <laughs> you should be doing fraud. Fraud. That's my that's my secret, Captain. I'm always involved in illegal disputes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have that, never seen that movie. That's um, Trump if he was freaking green instead of orange. You know what I'm saying? If he was a green Dorito. Yeah, a bunch of nerds in the comments who are like, I can't believe you did Bruce Banner like that. <laughs> Don't you know? Mark Ruffalo was important in the SAG strike. <laughs> uh, please direct all hate mail to Bryn as she is not on this episode. You can direct all hate mail to Mark Ruffalo for all the time. <laughs> Hey, Mark, read the Avengers I wrote you, but you on. ain't calling. I've been <laughs> listening to Beep Beep Lettuce, but you ain't calling. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what the grudge is that I have with Ruffalo. He seems like a fine guy. I just he don't really... He seems like a nice guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's it. That's all of our stuff. So uh, we're going to do a neat little South Park conclusion. And, uh, I'm going to drink the us... Panera Death Lemonade. Yeah. Oh, that's the lesson. That's the lesson we all learned today. <laughs> drink the, the Panera is, Death Lemonade. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't take the lemonade away. They should make you aware that it's got caffeine in it, you fucking idiot. Have you like, signed a little waiver? Use yeah. checkout code beep beep at the register for 20% off. <laughs> yeah, you get the a lemonade that turkey fucking kills you. Uh, <laughs> just imagine someone holding up a line of like 10 people where they're like, okay, wait, maybe it's beep beep 20. And the lady is like, <laughs> I don't think any weed podcast sponsored got sponsored by Panera. And then you're like, no, no, no. Beep beep 21. Let's try that. And they're like, there's not even a way to input codes we don't have we don't use codes like that and you're like no no no, stop i'm gonna get it. i'm gonna get it one of these times everybody needs to go and ask for the Fortnite beep beep burger their faces will be hilarious <laughs> look if you're gonna go into a panera and cause a problem which i support you need to do it correctly which is to ask for the manager and then cause a problem there you go <laughs> Ask for the manager and then ask what his ties to Israel are. I habitually ask for the manager whenever I enter a place of business just to tie them up so they can't harangue the employees for a little while. Uh, but on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to BP Bledis. If you want uh, twice as many episodes, support us at patreon.com slash BP Listen to my other show, Work Stoppage. It's about unions and labor. Bryn's other show is Generation Loss. It's about movies and TV. Todd's shop is Doomer.shop, where you can get a hat with a truck on it still. I got I think, hats with trucks on them. I also have, uh, yeah. I, got a, I got a hat that promotes drunk driving, specifically in Fortnite, parody satire, non-actionable. Sure. Non-actionable. Can you drink in Fortnite? I thought it was for well, all they ages. got Peter Griffin in that game They now, got Peter so. Griffin now. They also That's have, true. they literally have Guitar Hero in Fortnite now. It's getting crazy. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to make uh, a working Redstone computer in Minecraft in <laughs> Fortnite. But uh, they, did, yeah, they, so, did, they just made Lego Fortnite, which I think is kind of like a Minecraft Lego oh clone, right? God. Stop giving me new information while I try <laughs> to wrap up the show. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, this has been BB Bledis. We love you. Stay high. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Where and when I told you already, you know what I'm riding. Yeah. You know my thing. If it's on site, we'll stop till I find him. Pull up on family, pull up on brethren. Where is he hiding? Walk one, Mumsy. Sorry to bother you. Where and when? Just like Duppy, I'll be scaring them when I come out of nowhere with couple friends. Look at his pupil on his island when he saw the amount of shanks and skanks. True, or did they come to pretend? Just like SMS bullet gets 10. Could have been old school or new gen. Zangief, where are you, Ken? Could have been rogue, could have been in pen. Man will catch man even then. Weirdo acting odd. I'm gonna make it even then. Can't catch him in the morning. I'll catch him in the evening then. These bullets are gonna be receiving them. Just tell me when and where. Trust me, blood, I'm dead. All that bullshit talking, you can keep that over there. I don't trust these snitches, I can smell something in the air. Make sure you put on the right gear. Man, them need to prepare. Hold on, I swear that's my man there. It's on, circle back now, my man's on. I need to see where my man's on. Man, try hiding motion, on. Crouching like it's the norm. That's when man start letting off corn. Where and when I told you already, you know what I'm riding. Yeah. You know my thing, if it's on site, won't stop till I find him Pull up on family, pull up on brethren, where is he hiding? 
Walk one, Mumsy. Sorry to bother you. Where can I find him? Where and when? I told you already. You know what I'm riding. Yeah. If my gang's fighting, Michael Phelps when I dive in. Ever since it's an on-site thing, seen man less than a UFO sighting. I did my chores on the off street sweeping, pressing and ironing. Better watch what they're typing. These guys with me ain't fighting. Arms so long from the side of the road, it's looking like man's hitchhiking. Approach me on a mic thing, you can hold one in your face with a biting. Man, I've been training, F Man's union, bro. Every day of the week, I'm on striking. Four man spray on a scythe thing. String man up on a kite thing. Violate back on a pride thing. Metal to head, man, look like a Viking. Man's old school biking, Jalera moped, officer type thing. Thought you was rough just 10 days later. Buried them funeral prayers reciting. Oh God. Man's excited, Rolex sweeping, Rolex swiping. Man see a flash and sun run by him. That's not Usain Bolt, that's lightning. Turn up anywhere, fuck all the Discord calls and Zoom FaceTime and Skyping. Man win a war like man's in Tyson. Fling man's coat like man's in Bison. Where and when I told you already, you know what I'm riding. You know my thing, if it's on site, won't stop till I find him. Pull up on family, pull up on brethren's, where is he hiding? Open up for your whole street, have a get woken up, fam. Where and when? No, just where, cause when I'm there, it's happening then. I'm rugby tackling them, street fighter four, man's tagging again. Series broken frames, slap your glasses and start damaging lens. Ain't safe for you or your brethren, rude boy, you're gonna have to travel in tens. You're gonna have to travel in bends just to go shop, man's hustling friends. That little window from when he gets out the car to the door, man's dragging him den. GPS tracking him. Thank you. 